This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we belly up to the low bar with author Amy Bustleman, <laughs> as I have been instructed to say, I think that's the only way we're going to say it, to talk, escape, and invisible labor. Amy Bustleman is the author of five books. Maybe I'm just going to do a show where I only say people's last names in exciting different ways. Her latest book is The Means, and it is her first novel. Her four previous books were all nonfiction and have been translated into several languages. Her articles and essays have appeared in the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Washington Post, and many other places. And she lives in New York City with her family. Amy, 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 welcome to the Low Bar. Biz, I'm so happy to be at the Low Bar. It's my favorite bar. I'm loving it. Yeah. It's mine too. I'm not not even in good pants today, aka <laughs> jeans. Not in those. I'll leave no. it up as a mystery. Yeah. It's an elastic waist day. Yeah, for sure. it really is. Yeah, it is. That's see, that, there was a time that would never have been a bar for myself, and now I'm like, oh yeah, fuck it, yeah, 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 yeah. not no one's seeing my pants today. <laughs> you live in New York with family. Uh, who all's in the family? Who all's yeah. there? Well, you're catching me at, at a nice, like, quiet moment because um, <laughs> I'm here. I live with my partner Frank and my daughter, who's a freshman in high school, and my. Two of my, I have two other kids who are returning from college, like any moment at my two, my two older sons. <laughs> and um, then the, you know, our nice, peaceful little, like three person idol will come to a crashing halt. And uh, I will oh, yeah. be scurrying to the corner, trying to get any writing done as usual. Right. Yeah. yeah. How long are they going to be home from college? This, oh, this the, is summer break. Summer. Yeah, it's exactly. Summer. It's summer. Why? It, since when is summer like, you know, May 5th? I don't know, but it's summer for them. Yeah. I just, I'm really happy to know that the notion of summer break never stops. Exactly. Uh, that that's going to go on for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a lot that have been in your house and are going to return to your house. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about, and this is based on some of your writing, especially your newest novel, The Means. And, and that is this notion of dreams, escape. And like, I, I think about like, so when I had littles, little kids mm -hmm. in my house, my mine are now, you know, third grade and about to be a freshman in high school. We used to joke, but it wasn't even a joke. The the dream of like, I'd like to get in an accident, but not like a really, <laughs> not like one that makes me like not walk forever, but just enough <laughs> to yeah. be, no one could come to me mm -hmm. and ask me for anything, right? And I, I wouldn't have to feel guilty mm -hmm. about it, right? Like, and then I think that evolves as the kids get older Part of the the new novel is this stay-at-home wealthy mom who dreams about living in the Hamptons and having this, like, beach house. And, I mean, it is. Talk to me a little bit about about that. I mean, you, you've got to, two, three kids running around your house? Like, I, where do, was the writing the escape? Was the, 
did you fantasize about being hit by a bus? Like, what? <laughs> totally. That's very relatable to yeah. me. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, um, I think that that thing that you get when you bring the infant home, you know, Ugh. that you is the other thing you're hit with that just doesn't leave is that sort of lust, lust for solitude, lust. Yeah. Like increasingly also just because I've, as I've continued in my writing, I've become like, you know, naturally like more fussy and cranky as I age. And so I can no longer just write stuff down, like, you know, on a post-it in a, you know, I need to sit and I need it to be quiet, you know, like baseline stuff for like, you know, Tolstoy, you know, right. like just sit. I'm not asking for a chair and like not, you know, noise, that's all. But I just can't do it, you know. And so it hasn't, for me, that whole idea of like respite, quiet that you know the book is fiction yeah but that whole idea of just wanting to get the fuck away you know to sit in a beach chair with a cool you know refreshing beverage I think is something that any parent can relate to I agree and sometimes I think it's not just the the beach chair I mean it it's really any any pause Mm -hmm. in the day and it's I'm torn about which way to go here because part of me wants to talk a little bit more about that. But simultaneously, when you get kids in your house, however they arrive, it can also be like super isolating. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's one of those myths we've talked about, like with stay at home parents that somehow it's not work and somehow you must have time to have coffee all day, right? And like, that is the complete opposite of what, I mean, you're just constantly having somebody that yeah, yeah. make you I know, noise. I like that. You're you're doing the gestures towards yeah. your neck. That's yeah. where their, their little teeth are like getting yeah. right in there on your jugular. That's know, exactly that, it. Yeah. It is. It's noise. It's being completely isolated, but yet surrounded by fucking noise, whether it's stuff, whether it's actual noise. And I think that's like such an underrepresented form of emotional weight that we don't. Totally, totally. I have chalked that up always to just like, well, you know, I'm sort of a solitary weirdo. I like to read and write, you know, maybe it was like more acute for me. But as yeah. I've, you know, weighed in with my peers, it's been like, oh, hell no. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's, it's horrible. It's horrible <laughs> for everyone. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the great universal, uh, universalizer for all of us is once yeah. we all start talking to each other, we realize it's horrible for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't have to be a writer to appreciate that. No. Yeah. No, you don't. And I think, I know that as the kids have gotten older, or at least for me, the what I want to escape with changes, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, and I wouldn't even know if it's more escape or less escape and more dreaming. And again, as I was joking beforehand, I'm just in the perfect storm of, you know, midlife. Everything is a shit. I should just start all over. And how do you start? But the dream then becomes... How do you start all over? How do you make a change? How do you alter something when all this other stuff has been built up around you? Like, 
you know, where you live, the kids' schedules, you mm. know, work, whatever that looks like, you know, making a chain. It's, it's losing the anonymity of being just a single person in the world with oh, no totally. one. Right? That conversation with so many parents where it's been, I want to move, especially in the pandemic yeah. when we were all just like Googling, you know, wherever yeah. Bali, you know, <laughs> and and people going, you know, I really want, especially, I mean, New York has had a massive exodus oh, and it's been yeah. like, I want to go to XYZ, but this is, and it's always this, but we can't move, you know, Sally. We can't yeah. move Sally. Like Sally's a potted plant. Sally, who's a ninth grader. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what? when did that happen? It was like, really? Yeah. What? I don't know. I just think it's funny. We can't move, you know, and I we feel the same way. Right. Yeah. I don't want to move my kid either, but it's yeah, just but so bizarre. What is that about? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like, again, yeah. it's that pre-kid take on the world, post-kid take on the world, where, like, there are a lot of things. I'd be like, fuck that. Pick that kid up and go. Yeah, right? like, exactly. Like, what is, what is, you're, you're the boss. <laughs> don't let that child dictate oh, yeah. what you do. You totally. know, like, and we're done. And we'll never have iPads on a plane. Whatever. Oh, God. Like, you know, oh, God. so yeah. how fast it changes. But there is that little voice in me that is still like, so they'll get over it. Yeah. Right. right. Like, yeah. it's okay. And yet, which again, I think it kind of touches on the other subject of your book, which is this like satirical look at capitalism, right? Like, a lot of the things that keep us in place are our stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The systems, the, the systems. systems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about when, you know, Gabe was talking about, I know your, your genius and fails, which I love. Yeah. And, um, I was trying to think, you know, where, I mean, of course I've had a million fails. I mean, but, but I would, but in general, I was surprised to, to notice that I, I think of myself as sort of like, as a parent, I've been more like pass fail, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, like my, my highs are not that high. And my, I'm just sort of like, yeah, she, you know, I probably yeah. passed. That's how yeah. I feel, you know, but solid but, C. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, you know, the C, so I'm you a know, C C's, kid, get yeah. C, C's get degrees. That's what I, you yeah. know, that's what they told me. I'm a, I'm, I grew up in the Midwest and it was like <laughs> this whole, but one thing that just speaking of like systems, that I think was helpful for me yeah. in not being so judgy when I had little kids, like what you're talking about, yeah. like judgy towards myself. Cause Ooh. that's when you're really like in the thick of it is you're like, wait, this, you know, I'm like covered in vomit and yeah. like things are, you know, someone's at the door and like, I don't know, I'm going to cry, you know, like what's going on was, but for, for, for me was because New York City, and I know you're in LA, so I'm. I had my first in New York. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 school, the like the school thing here was yeah. so horrible that I feel like it gave me an early enemy. Like, yeah. t like getting my kid, my first kid, to preschool, I had to line up at four o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I mean? With like, I swear to God, is these people, this couple yeah. was like was having sex under a blanket, like on Sullivan Street. <laughs> I kid you not, at like 4 a.m. Were they like also a, waiting in line for the preschool? Yes, they were yes. waiting. It was insane. 
And I was like, this, so from the get-go, it was like, no matter what? how, this Wait, is like, evil. I like, kind this... of like, I kind of like the idea that they don't even have kids yet. Oh, yeah, They were no. having sex <laughs> to be that far ahead of the game. Yeah, exactly. You know, like their yeah, conception they just, enrollment. They just smelled like our parenting desperation. They yeah. just smelled that it. it was like, oh, this is hot. These people are so, like, they're in, up here at four, like, with their coffee cups, like, looking like zombies like trying to get a fucking slot in the twos program you know get out yeah so I was so like because I as a midwesterner you know went to the school down the road that this was such such a tournament I was not prepared for I immediately I was like well no matter how fucked up I am this is more fucked up you know, yes. like truly. So that I swear, <laughs> I swear to God, that helped me. I just yeah. directed all my venom at On like that. at like Miss Lily. You know, like the twos lady. Like it totally wasn't her fault. But I was like, I don't care. You guys suck. You know. Yeah. No, that actually is a beautiful. Like, see, that's why I, I actually really like that. I feel like every parent has that moment of like beating themselves up until. They see or experience something and they're like, oh, fuck this. I like this. This is just all this is that is I mean, your book is satirical, but that whole experience is a farce. I mean, it is like a serious it is. I before I had kids, I was working as a assistant to some VP of some, you know, uh, corporate world and. One of my jobs was to start getting applications for preschools for her and like her baby had just been born and that was my first experience of it. And I was like, what is going on? This is insane. Wow. I know. But you're right. But New York also... And I and I look, I know I've been doing this long enough to know this is fucking everywhere. But like mm. there was something special about <laughs> Brooklyn in particular oh. of just like making you feel like shit all mm. the time. Uh yeah. just even taking your kid outside. You yeah. know, like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm great. I mean, I'm like, we are in Manhattan. Yeah. We're in like we're in the garment district where there are like zero influences. Yeah. Like none. Like <laughs> negative. You know what There's I mean? There's no like mom board. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no. In fact, my my husband, Frank and I bought we got this place like before we had kids, which is a genius move. Yes. Because then you can't ask any questions. It's like, where's the playground? What, the, like, wasn't on my mind? You know, yeah. what? what's the school? Who cares? Yeah. It's cheap. It's cheap. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is where you live now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They don't know. They don't, they don't know. know. They yeah. don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sally doesn't have to be picked up and moved. They're fine. Exactly. Sally, Sally's got their window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She just, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I think that's the thing because once you start like, yeah, looking for a place to live, like based on the school oh. thing, oh, yeah. then you're, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah you're, you're screwed. Yeah. You really <laughs> and truly are. And that, yeah. I think that's anywhere. Yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah, well, we're not. Uh, yeah, yeah, not no, gonna I'm, go. I'm not, not gonna go there. Yeah, not gonna go through all of that. So, you have traditionally uh, written nonfiction. 
And um, wait, I just want to hear you scream my last name, my last name one more time. Fossilman! <laughs> it's like I'm like in a John Hughes film. I'm like you know, like Fossilman. And I can hear something break it. somewhere, and you're oh, Fossilman, smoking in the bathroom, Fossilman. <laughs> right, it's like creams. Yeah. yeah. I love, oh my god, you are my favorite um, introducer ever. Well, Thank you. The I. I have a select set of skills and that that's it. That's, that's the main one. Why make the shift to nonfiction? I mean, besides the fun of, of this book, but I mean, but, but yeah. Well, um, I like to think, (laughs) I think of myself, I'm not like a scholar. I'm a, like, I'm a writer. I'm Mm -hmm. very sort of blue. I'm like kind of blue collar in my writerliness. So I don't like to think of like, well, I'm a nonfiction writer. Well, you know, right. I'm just like, I'm a writer. That means I put words together. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I have this, I want to try as many ways to put words together as I possibly can before I croak. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I'm in it for <laughs> yeah. like, I want to go deep and wide. Way. Yeah. So what <laughs> the fuck are they doing over there in fiction? You know, I can yeah. do that yeah. or I can try. You know, yeah. I, I Where's like your kid's book? I can't wait for that one. Cannot wait for the oh Amy Fossilman yes. kid's book. I can't. You know, that's one I, I don't think I will ever write. But um, yeah, that's oh, like I, a genre. I it's don't know. a genre. It's a genre. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I was like, let's try that. I like stories. I like jokes. Like, I want to try to write a funny story. So that was that was my highfalutin. Uh, yeah, but it's it focuses. It's like again, it's satirical, which is great. But I find so much truth in thing that the more deeply satirical, the more true I find it to be. Uh, but like, you've got this main character, you know, Shelley, and she has this drive to get this place in the Hamptons. And there is such a, what's fun, I think fun, is this level of wealth that is is casual. I mean, there's a casual, like, before you're even halfway into the book, you've already, I've already, like, read about them. Like, oh, they bought a lake house when they were just up there for the weekend. For the weekend. And they're like, oh, this is nice. Let's just get a house, right? And then, like, yeah, I just... <laughs> Just, it's just not even a second thought about it. And I'm like, ooh, see, my dreaming. Yeah. That'll yeah. fix everything if I had all that money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then you've got all these like absurd characters that are in, like, there's the tarot financial, you know, read this. I love her, but like, I also find these people out in the parenting world too. Um, yes. But like, yes. why? <laughs> why? I am sure there's somebody trying to get into a preschool who is using an absurd list of psychic specialists and acupuncturists who are getting them into the preschool. But Hamptons is, again, very New York-centered experience. Mm -hmm. Why pick this? I mean, were you wanting to write more about money and capitalism, or were you more focused on this woman's experience? (laughs) Like. yeah, like, well, I, the thing about the Hamptons is it's like, I mean, it's New York's Hawaii. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys have, you guys have a real Hawaii, <laughs> but we, you know, not to, not to knock the Hamptons, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, I have the lady, my, my narrator, Shelly, builds this beach house out of shipping containers and, you know, then, 
And there's a lot of pushback and it's like, you know, not very Hamptonsy and blah, blah, blah. And um, I mean, there's a lot else going on in the book, but I, that yeah. I have had that experience. I have a beach house made out of shipping containers in <laughs> East Hampton. So, you know, yeah, it's a novel, but uh, I know about that because I went through it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's also this line about invisible, well, not a line, I mean, a major thing again, a major theme is this invisible labor. And I think <clears throat> like Stefan, my, my husband, uh, always is, is like, you know, your resume, given the work that you've done, you know, not only here, but with schools and volunteering and blah, blah, blah. You know, I could, I can run at a full event. I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure I was, and I was doing that as a job beforehand. Those things just went together, but it's complete. I, I got paid well before mm-hmm. I had children, and now I get paid nothing. Yes. But there's that, like, again, touching back on like fantasy and dreams, it's this unrecognized set of skills that are developed by, uh, you know, and I, I do think it falls a lot to women, both traditionally and now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, um, and all these skills that are being developed, but almost can be used for nothing because they're not valid. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Tell me, tell me. I think every time, and because I have three kids, yep. I've been to a gazillion school fundraisers, uh, okay? Like once you opt out of like doing anything else, you still yeah. go to you the still- fundraiser because you yeah. just do. And those things are like, can yeah. put like the Rockettes, like Broadway to shame, mm-hmm. to shame, and it's totally women fucking build those things out of nothing, out of fucking glue and glitter. Yeah. I, t- I just went to my daughter, my ninth graders one, and it was like, yeah. God damn. <laughs> it's shocking. The skills, the skills. And most of those people probably weren't doing it beforehand. It's just Mm-mm. that like, you know, uh, I remember you know, you suddenly are like making a costume for a kid and you're like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. How'd I learn how to do that? Right. Or, you know, the organizing or, you know, even if you take a couple of getting through the pandemic and like planning grocery runs with as little time as possible, being out in the world with actual, not just winding up with complete fucking garbage in your house where Mm -hmm. none of it makes anything though I can make so much out of chickpeas now (laughs) I would like to say awesome Um, but I think there's that like there's a lot of skill and then on top of that there's the emotional there's a lot of invisible shit totally is you know I know we're talking about it more but I don't I don't know how to how do we push past this do we yeah. ever? Is it just burning everything to the ground? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good. Um, I mean, I was thinking for a while, like, should I, you know, just yeah. for myself, like in a day, just write down. Yes. If I did that, I think I would be like homicidal, you know, like just every little thing yeah. that is like I somehow is, you know, I didn't forget is yeah. like that I <laughs> for five people. 
If I wrote it down, I would lose my shit. I would. It's the line that I didn't forget. Like we we had a thing once on the show where it was fuck to do list. We're gonna do the Mm. did it did it list, and all you just want to write down all the things you did already. But now I think a list could be entitled "I just didn't forget." Right. I didn't forget to like get this pill for my child or, you know, turn this fucking form in. Mm -hmm. The forms. Oh, the forms. Yeah. The forms. It's not like it's easier now it's online. It's not like that's Mm -mm. any, any easier. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into our genius and fails, I want to ask about when you were working on this book, again, a lot of your other work is non- fiction and one of those books uh savage park really talks about safe like our our desire to feel like we're safe all the time mm-hmm. and that is just such a parenting stress gym that is completely out of our control for mm-hmm. the most part mm-hmm. but i think it's also it's a false sense of security that we're trying to create mm-hmm. just like in your fictional world She's trying to create this, maybe not security is not the right word, but this universe in which she will finally feel, you know, rested and not anxious and not, you know, all these things. How much are those, you know, thoughts constantly going through your head? How do they tie together in your writing? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, those are, that's a great observation. I appreciate that. I mean, I feel like, that line is really um, is true to me in, in the sense that it's played for comedy in the means yeah, and, and more through like money. My goal was really like, what if, I mean, similar to like tracking like micro moments, like what if in a day, like I just peeled back like every interaction I had and tried to find the money in it. Yeah. Like, what would that look like? You know, where's the money come from? Who's gaining what? Like what? Because it's going on all the time. <laughs> and it's ridiculous that like, like, we don't think about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, even it's as casual as just buying a house yeah. when you went to the lake, but it's yeah. not that it's a coffee or it's a tuition yeah. or it, whatever it is. It's right. something. And it, it has a whole, it's a web, you know, in which yeah. we're all connected. And it's like the fact that we deny that is bananas. So like the, the, the Savage Park like really came out of something similar, which was when my sons, before my daughter was born, my yeah. sons were five and two. We went to Tokyo and we found this adventure playground there where the kids were playing with fire as well as the other. It yeah. was the four elements. It was basically like a dirt acre where all the structures were built by children, yeah. like Piet, by children. And um, they were playing with fire when we got there. We could smell the smoke like as we were approaching. I was like, I was with my friend who had a son the same age. I'm like, what kind of playground is this? Yeah. And that was really the it was so mind blowing to me that I went back and tried to learn as much as I can. And I, I view Savage Park really as sort of like, a, you know, it's, it's a book really a philosophy, but I can't yeah. say that because I'm like a housewife. You know what I well, mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody, you know, but that's what it is. It's like just, you know, I'm like, you know, I quote some smart people in there, but it's really just like, what the fuck are we doing with this? You know, the and I, I think truly of all my experiences, like that playground taught me more about parenting than anything yeah. I've gone through because the whole notion of really witnessing and tolerating your children's risk taking rather than 
injecting yourself into it to prevent an accident. Like it, you're sort of walking this line of what's my tolerance for their risk, you know, knowing that they need to fucking take them, you know, like that, it's hard. It's, it's yeah. that word taught. You have just put the perfect word on it. It's tolerance. I have yeah. zero tolerance, but like, so my children are used to me saying like, Raiden will be, even when they were really little and they'd be at the top of the slide and like not on the slide, but up on the thing, they'd be like, mama, look at me. And I'd say, I'm so proud of you, baby girl, but I'm not looking. I can't look, you know, like, like Ellis will be like, I'm going to go scootering. And I'm like, you are ill-equipped to do that. That's not what your skill is. But I'm like, go for it. I just can't like my tolerance is I want them to do it, but I know I can't watch it. And, yeah. and, and that's okay. So they're just going to have to get used to that. But like we, we, the kids go to a school where they've got like this, you know, small farm, quote unquote, oh, but cool. it is just full of bricks and nails in some places. Oh, and they do, awesome. they do put shit up in the tree and I'm just like, I'm not watching. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not watching. Oh. Uh, though I did go in one time with some of the older kids and I was like, they were all playing with magnifying glasses and I was like, oh, you guys cool. know how to start a fire with a magnifying glass, don't you? <laughs> and then I walked away from the teacher saying, you're welcome. And they all still do it. But I, oh, I agree. That is a hard thing, especially in a culture here where we're watching everything and everything is a potential chance to call it a crime. You know, like mm-hmm. you left your kid in the car while you went to the ATM. You can still see your kid, but mm, somebody called oh, the sure. police on you. Like, I mean, I'm like, what? Yeah. Not only the legal stuff, but the mom shaming. Yeah. The mom shaming. Well, all of yeah. that goes right yeah. back yeah. To yeah. the mom, oh, your kid's not wearing socks? Yeah, And the right. baby's not wearing socks in the stroller? I'm like, my child has pulled them off and left them up and down 85th yeah. Street. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't matter. My, right. my kid is fine. Yeah. Right? But what? I can't believe I didn't put socks on the baby. Oh, I know. You know like, I mean, that's partly why, I mean, why your pod has so much resonance is I feel, who are these people who just, just like feel like they can like you know weigh in on your friggin i mean i, think I don't there even know are less than we think i yeah. do think there are less than we think and i think i you know i'm hoping that we chip away at it by mm-hmm. just being brutally honest with each other because everybody just wants to hear the other person say you know oh yeah my kid you know puked all over the bride or mm-hmm. everybody wants to hear their kids not sleeping or and again no one tells you that kid's going to shit in the tub and you're going to get in that tub. You are going to get in that tub later that day, right? Like this is all we want to hear. Truly, truly. Right? And so yeah. like if we would just be honest about it, then maybe the other person, because you know, we all respond. People get judgy when they're scared so, they're going to get judged. And yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah, chippa, yeah, chippa, 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 chippa. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It's compassion. <laughs> We are in short supply, Amy. Fusselman! <laughs> Have you heard about how to be fine? Do you feel betrayed by the advice of wellness gurus? Yes. And are you sick of being told to visualize your goals? 
pull up a chair, take a breath, then I, Biz, have just the podcast for you. How to Be Fine is half advice show, half cultural critique, and one wild ride through the world of wellness. Join podcast besties Kristen Meinzer and Jolinta Greenberg as they dissect the inner workings of the betterment industry and offer up some advice along the way. Their goal? To help you get a little closer to fun, <laughs> which is a perfect combo for one bad mother where fun is good enough. Listen to How to Be Fine every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Trans representation in media is at an all-time high with trans entertainers gracing the screens large and small. But trans voices, especially black trans voices, are rarely centered in our own stories. That's why we bring you a new limited series called We See Each Other, the podcast, co-hosted by me, journalist, and better half of the Max Fun Podcast, Fanti, Travel Anderson, and me, award-winning journalist and media personality, Shar Jossel. All of it is based on my book, We See Each Other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Film. Now listen, folks, we're having a very different kind of conversation. It's giving kitchen table talk. Mm-hmm. We get into the Discord. Honey, tune into We See Each Other the podcast at maximumfun.org or wherever you get slayworthy audio. Let's let's do a little a few genius and fails. I'll I'll make things easy and I'll start uh, by sharing my genius. Cool. And my my genius, it's been a very, very long year (laughs) with a lot of personal things happening in my life. Uh, and I'm not a napper, you know, but, uh, this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and in fact, yesterday, uh, after the kids were at school, I just crawled back in the bed and I slept like a fucking rock until it was, you know, 12, one o'clock. And it was, it was the best thing I've done. I had no guilt. I think genius is that I've somehow like reached some place where I'm like, fuck it. This is mm-hmm. what the body needs. Yeah. I don't like, I'm not gonna, in fact, I'm gonna tell everybody I did it. I did totally. It. totally. I and it was yeah. fucking best. Do not deprive. You know, then I called my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so that, it's very simple. Yeah. But I need it and I still need it. And uh, so that, that that's was awesome. me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank that's you. awesome. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. <laughs> Anything that you need a high five for, you'd like to be seen for? Uh, I don't, I was, well, I was thinking, I was like trying to think, I can't think of, of course, like any genius moments. I'm sure there've been some. Yeah, but you're about to have. But but I'm a C, you know, so. Yeah, but you're about to have your house full of your children again. Yeah. Which deserves a high five. That's true. For just emotionally being open to that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very psyched. I'm very psyched. I really enjoy my sons. They're awesome. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a genius. My daughter's daycare sends cupcakes home every time a child has a birthday, which means we get cupcakes sent home about three times a month. And they're sent home on small paper plates that the parents provide, which means they roll around or roll off the seat or roll off my child's lap. And usually the floor or the seats or my child ends up with frosting all over. So when it was my turn, I 
got paper cups instead of paper plates so that you could just put the cupcake right in the cup and put the cup in the cup holder and there's no rolling, there's no smearing. And when you get home, you can just dump it out of the cup and let your child eat it. It's a small thing and I know it's dumb, but I'm really tired of cleaning frosting off of my car. And I was really proud of the hack that I came up with. So anyway, dumb little genius. Thanks for listening. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Woohoo! I know! That's such a genius. Totally. Totally. There should, there should be like a 50 car line salute at pickups, you know? Just that is that is just yeah, like a techno <laughs> hack of the highest order. Totally. What I love is that in thinking of capitalism, I'm like, you could make that silicone, buddy. Uh, exactly. Make that silicone cupcake cut. Yeah. And sell yeah. it. It's the price it. Yeah. It's the cupcake caddy. You heard it here. <laughs> 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Yeah. That's right. Actually, I, you know, they would also be easier if you were just looking to eat the icing off mm. the cupcake. You could put mm. it in the cup like an ice yeah. cream can. Do you know how to eat cupcakes? Have you ever seen a kid? This may be, <laughs> this is something I learned and it's where, so I was at like, you know, some fucking kid's party and, and there were cupcakes and I watched somebody pull the bottom of the cupcake off put it on top of the icing like a sandwich and eat it. And it was fucking genius. That's was, brilliant. I will that only is, eat cupcakes this way now. That's brilliant. It's good. Wow. I know. All right. Failures. Gosh, I had a few. And now I'm blanking out. I'll just go with one of my old reliable fails. <laughs> uh, and that is the fact that we don't uh, wash our youngest. We had gotten into a, re a reasonable habit of them taking a shower once a week. Okay. That's the best we can do. They don't stink. Puberty hasn't hit. They're not that stinky. And I don't want to deal with it because the child still wants me to be in there while they're in the shower. And I don't want to be, to be <laughs> honest. And there's also everybody who's been listening knows that since spring break, they dyed their hair green. And because we don't shower often... It's just gross and weird. It's just, it's a weird, weird situation. And I just realized today that we just did not do that week shower. So now we're going on two weeks. Nice. And there have been some field trips where we went <laughs> to the tide pools and such. So I like, there is a level of smell, but because they're so gross, it makes me feel like I don't have to change their sheets. <laughs> just gross on gross so yeah. i'm i'm really nailing the personal hygiene uh <laughs> bar for my my youngest that's mm. it's great fail 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 you suck i like you're just like riding the you're just yeah. riding the dirt wave i yeah. think you're just yeah you're one surfing day that they'll well. care yeah. One day they'll yeah, care enough will. Yeah. to want to shower themselves. Yeah, yeah. They'll be picking out the body wash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Some musk. The yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Now you were uh, setting us was, up for well, epic I fails, so I I'm ready. I was. <laughs> I was. This is sort of like a global fail. It should yeah. be. But it's, I was thinking about how, like, probably my fails have been when I haven't been able to listen well to my kids. And I had particular problem 
this is for, again, as a Midwesterner in New York, I still define <laughs> myself as that. They had this thing here, which was another thing I was, which is new to me culturally, which is summer camp. Oh, yeah. And as, again, with, as, you know, somebody who's striving to like, you know, put these little words on the page, what could be more attractive yeah. than sending your kid off to like a joyful six week experience, you know, in the woods <laughs> while you finish your writing homework? Oh, nothing. nothing. Nothing could be more attractive than that. Certainly not whatever your child's opinion yeah. on summer camp might be. Yeah. So, so yeah. this this one summer, my daughter, who's like the most kind of, you know, she's very social. I thought this is going to be like, you know, no problem. Like I did all the due diligence. I went to visit, you know, I made sure the guy wasn't an axe murderer. Although, well, do you ever really know? No. You won't know. But not yeah, until yeah, you don't know. start making out. Yeah. Then yeah that's you don't when know. you discover it. Yeah. <laughs> and I set her up with her little friend who had moved away. So it's going to be like a joyous reunion. And then she gets there, but she didn't want to go. Yeah. She didn't want to go. And I was like, Susan's going to be there. You yeah. love Susan. It's, you know, look at all this. It wasn't even one of those sports camps where you had yeah. to go swimming every day. <laughs> it was like, do you want to go to the pottery barn or do yeah. you want to pet, pet a cow? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was like, I was like, she's going to love it. Yeah. And I need to finish this fucking manuscript yeah. in three weeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I get, she gets there and I just keep getting these calls. Oh, like, she, no. uh, like she's like miserable. She's miserable. She and Susan, literally, they spent like everyone around them is like at a rave. You know, they're just like <laughs> loving this camp. And my daughter like spent mm. her, you know, three week period. Like she painted new lines on the tennis court. She should have been like union. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't, I have no idea. Like she, she just was like, I hate this. I, I'm, I'm like, so <laughs> like, what? Oh, I don't know. So yeah. yeah, she, I didn't get a camper. I didn't get one. And when I hear these parents who like yeah. send their kids off for eight weeks every summer while they do drugs in Ibiza, I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> I just wanted to finish my homework, Fuck. you know? Yeah. yeah. I, but here's the thing. I'll, all I'm hearing throughout this is well, I've heard a couple of things. One, the amount of work you put into planning <laughs> this trip, this summer camp, so that it would work really well for your kid. I mean, the yeah. friend who moved away, that's pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, two, I really like the idea that the pottery barn is actually the pottery barn. And they're, right. they're going to, like, look at furniture and quilts. And <laughs> then they go out and they, like, touch a cow. <laughs> the fail is that I, you're still thinking about it. I know. You sure. know, oh, like, that's oh, so it's going to fucking right. eat you forever. Right. Even yeah. if your child has forgiven you, even if they have, like, wound up thinking it was the best summer of their life, mm -hmm. uh, you – Forever will get to hold that little oh, no. nugget. <laughs> Help me release it, Biz. Thank I you. I absolve you Thank of you. this guilt. Thank you. My summer camp crime. <laughs> Thank know, you. I, I like that you're like, we have no, we don't have a camper. It was like, we didn't have a napper. And like, I just, people would say they had like two hours during the uh, day. And I'd be like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That can't uh, be real. So, yeah. 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 I feel for you, but sleep deprivation <laughs> is a powerful is a, is a powerful thing. That's all I'll say. Well, so is a yeah. deadline. So a deadline, is a writing yeah. deadline. <laughs> you, you make the best choices that you can make at the time. 
Truly. Yes. All right. Now, this is, I'm really excited about this, uh, this fail. This will, this is enjoyable. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. Uh, my kids have been sick and home for basically 10 days, like most of a week and a Monday and a Friday. And uh, today I was driving home from work and I got home and my husband's car was not in the garage and the kids weren't home and I looked down and my husband was calling me asking me where I was and why didn't I get the kids from daycare today because I forgot (laughs) that my children were at daycare instead of (laughs) at home sick with my husband so uh, that's a fail Thanks for the hotline. You guys are doing great. I hope everyone remembers their children today. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't that good? Oh, my God. Uh, Poor woman. That is... That is the sort of thing we all need to be hearing. I have forgotten my child. Yeah. At least, you know, it, it is... That is almost a rite of passage, mm-hmm. right? And when they've mm-hmm. been home and sick, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, of course, the joke here is that you should feel horrible for having left your children at daycare, Aww. not knowing. Oh, it, it's just, it's the best. Oh, yeah. No, the they, best. Were, they were happy. They got to eat another cupcake out of a, out of a cup. That's, That's what they right. were doing while she was going to pick them up. Yeah. That's right. It was fun. <laughs> it was, I'm sure there are, no one's scarred for life. No one got sent to summer camp when exactly. they didn't want to go. So. <laughs> Just another stab, this. Oh. <laughs> well, Amy Fusselman, oh. it has been a pleasure. Oh, my to goodness. have you here. Thank you so much. This is such a joy. Well, thank you. Speaking of joys, we're going to link people up to where they can. Everybody knows where to get books. but On the internet. It's we so like crazy. to make things easier because we're all fucking tired. Uh, <laughs> but The Means is such a treat. It is a treat. It is a delicious, hilarious treat. It's really funny and fun, as is Savage Park. Not as hilarious, but <laughs> it's yeah. it is. It has its moments. It but has it's, its moments. Yeah, but, for for a philosophy housewife yes. book. Yeah, right. So yeah. <laughs> housewife philosophy book. It's very very poignant. Look for T-shirts. There you uh, go. That's how we know it's a philosophy because there'll be a T-shirt <laughs> for it. Thank you so much. Thank you Amy. so much. This yeah. was so fun. Yay! Thank Yay. you for your work. Appreciate oh, thank it. you. Thank you. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Diablo 4. Final Fantasy 16. Street Fighter 6. Baldur's Gate 3. Starfield. Spider-Man 2. Master Detective Archives Raincoat for Nintendo Switch? No, is that just me? (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge time for video games. You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good, and what's amazing. I'm Jason Schreier. 
I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click, a video game podcast for anyone who likes games. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. All right, everybody, we're back and it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, one bad mother. This is definitely a rant. Um, I am a, a mom of three little boys, and I'm a high school arts teacher, and I just found out that after 20 years of teaching, that my position, you know, our enrollment has been going down in the arts ever since COVID, and, and my position is no longer available at my building. And I haven't been at this building for 20 years, but, like, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I love it. Like, it's my passion, and I just love it. And and I am so distraught about what I'm going to do because I teach a very niche uh, subject matter, and there's nothing around for the, for what I do. And I have my principal license, so now I'm looking at administrative work, and I know I would do a great job in that role, but... You know, it's really difficult to make a career change because even though it's still like an education, like that's what it is. And it's just so hard because my future is so uncertain right now and I need to be working. Like we can't afford to just have my partner work. So it's it's a grueling process and just not knowing, you know, what's out there. And I'm trying to be so optimistic about it, but. It's really hard to go now to a school that every day I know I'm not going to be returning and I have to tell my students soon about this and they're going to feel sad about it and my coworkers, everybody is really, you know, unhappy about it and I just get pity eyes all day at work and I'm doing my best with it all. I know something good has to come out of this. Like, I have to land on my feet somewhere. It's just a lot when you are really hoping to just finish out your career in a certain way, and it just gets flipped on its head. So, okay, thank you for listening. I love the show. It really helps me get through these rough times, and I appreciate the community that you all have created. Have a great day. You're doing a good job, and I'm trying to. Okay, bye. Okay, you are doing a good job. You're doing a great job. This is this is a horrible situation that that is happening right now. And because you know, and I think one of the things that makes it so hard, you know, you've got three little kids. And that's that's enough right there to make everything challenging. And I don't mean that like flippantly. I mean, that is a lot of noise, a lot of emotional work, a lot of actual labor uh, in making all of that just happen every day. And you had this job that you loved. And when we have a job or a hobby that we do or just anything that we can go to daily that is a break, a joyful break from our role as parent, to lose that, I think, 
runs the risk of being scarier than than the job search that's going to come. I mean, that's that is a hard thing to lose. You're losing something that you love. And so you are absolutely justified in feeling all of these feelings that you have about it. Career changes are not easy. They're not easy before kids, and they certainly aren't easy after kids. It feels like you, your time is completely absorbed, and what time is left to pursue the career, to find a new job, to, to put the effort into finding something that will be an adequate replacement as opposed to the sheer panic of, I have to be doing something that's going to make money right? Like, I can't justify taking off two weeks. I can't justify, you know, spending two months. Look, I can't justify a year. And and every set of circumstances are different. But what's not different is the stress that we can feel about it. We get all fucked up in our heads about our self-worth and what we are entitled to pursue for ourselves once we become a parent because so many needs get put ahead of our own and then that can become a real habit a real rut and so something like a career change is like the opposite of what works in that environment (laughs) so you are of course you're uncertain and of course you're upset and of course you're stressed and you know i Give yourself, if you can, give yourself the time to grieve this. You know, there's no advice to be given here, and we don't do advice. The main thing is, I see you. And this is so hard, and it's so sad, you know, and it's, it is scary. You know, on top of all the other things that you deal with on a daily basis with kids in your house. So I see you and I want you to know that you're doing a good job. And I I know that you're going to continue to do a good job as each moment presents itself. You have got this. Everybody. You also have this, you know, it is a lot, a lot, big show of whining, it's a lot, and that hasn't changed. I mean, it may have changed in what it looks like or how it feels, but, you know, every day we wake up and we start doing it and then we're presented with moments where, like, if we give ourselves the time, we start reflecting on it and I don't know if that's always a good idea. Uh, so that can be dangerous. Uh, but it's important that we do do it. We allow ourselves to be unhappy with it, uh, to be happy with it, to be confused, to be frustrated, to be hopeful. All of those things deserve space to be felt. And it can be hard because sometimes we're so haggard and broken that like feeling is really hard to to sit with so you know go 
do a Teresa, go stand in the mirror and look at yourself and say, I am a self because you are. And don't feel bad if you're not feeling quite like a self today either. Okay. You're all doing a remarkable job. And I will see you next week back here at the low bar. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.